Welcome to Vertical Church Online. We're so glad to have you guys today. We're continuing our series, I Know a Ghost. Pastor Brian is going to talk to us about how we need to walk in step with the ghost. So here's the message from Pastor Brian. People like to talk about who they know. Some say they know a celebrity. Some say they know a professional athlete. I guess they think that who they know makes them someone. I don't really know any celebrities. I don't really know anyone that's wealthy. My story's a little different. But it is the truth. Who you know does make you someone. You see, I know a ghost. Woo-wee. Man, I'm glad I'm here today. Man, it's going to be a great day. Man, the culture today has really done its best to paint a picture of the unseen world as only what is spooky and evil. And the season we're about to roll into is premier for that. It causes people to think that anything that's beyond what we see is only dark, sinister, and evil. Let me tell you the truth this morning. What dwells in the unseen is not just what is dark, sinister, and evil. That is where the ghost of God dwells. That is where the angel armies of God dwell. And they are far more numerous and more powerful than anything else that exists out there. Amen? Amen. So in this series, we are here as believers and as a church to take back Confidence, truth, certainty in that God dwells in the unknown and what is out there is for us and not against us. He's greater than what's for us and what's against us. Are you with me this morning? I don't know what your experience has been with that dark side. Let me tell you, as I've said every week up to this point. I don't know what you've seen in your house, you've seen on YouTube, or heard from a friend, but there are no such things as ghosts. Disembodied spirits from humans roaming the earth trying to haunt or inflict trouble on others. I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what you've seen. If you have seen and experienced something that was dark and sinister, it was not a ghost. There is a dark side. There are evil forces. They masquerade as ghosts and try to present themselves only as ghosts. But there is only one ghost, and that is the ghost of God. And he dwells mm, not just far away, not just off in eternity somewhere, not just removed from us. But if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, this ghost of God, this essence, this heart, this passion, this heartbeat of God himself has come to dwell in you. He's not far away. He is right here this morning. I know sometimes we say, um, Holy Spirit, come into this room. But when we came into this room, the Holy Spirit came into this room already. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he's already there. He's here already. So really what we're doing in those moments is that we are acknowledging the fact that he's already here. We're just acknowledging the truth. He is here. All right? So we do that this morning in the confidence and certainty that he is here this morning. And we reclaim the victory of God even in the unseen realm. And we reclaim our place of confidence in the ghost. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to learn what it means to walk ghost. Last week, we talked about what it means to talk ghost, how to hear ghost, how to hear ghosts talk to you, the Holy Ghost, how to hear him talk to you. But the Bible's clear that we are not just to hear him speak, but as believers, we are called to learn how to walk ghost. Now, 
I realize because of what the culture's done, I realize because of what has happened in some church situations that people have become afraid of this unknown ghost realm. There's not a lot of solid teaching in Christianity about the role of the Holy Ghost. People fear it. People run from it. People are uncertain about it, think it's weird, creepy, and all that stuff. We're going to dispel all of that. We're going to regain our confidence that the Holy Spirit is in us. I want to know how to hear him, and I want to know how to walk in him. So check out this verse. I'm looking at three verses today. I know that's probably unusual for me, just three short verses. Here we go. The first is this. Take some notes. Galatians 5.25. Paul writes and helps us know how to do this. He says, first of all, if we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. If we're going to be ones who say this ghost is inside, if we're going to be ones who say, I know a ghost, if we're going to be ones who say, I walk with this ghost, then you've got to know how to do that. If you're going to live in him, then let us also walk in him. What's interesting to me is if Paul wrote it this way, that there must have been some who were claiming to live in the ghost, but they weren't walking in the ghost. There's a difference. You can say you know the ghost, but you need to know how to walk in the ghost. You see, walk is a progression. Walk is a thing I do all the time. Walk is what gets me from point A to point B. Point B over here, point A over here. I'm moving from here to here. I'm going somewhere because the ghost is leading me. The ghost is taking me somewhere. The ghost is talking to me. The ghost is walking with me. In fact, he's the one making me walk. This is what we have to learn, how to walk ghosts. I love this verse for a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons I love it is because this word walk here, this isn't just the word for taking a casual stroll. This is not just the word that's meandering, that's just aimlessly wandering it's not me wondering, where's my family in Walmart? I can't find them anywhere. That's, that's usually me. That's not what this word is. This word for walk here is actually the word for march. This is a word that means to stay in line with, stay in sync with, to adjust myself to someone else, to march, to get in beat, to listen to the music and move myself according to the spirit of the music and go somewhere. You see, my past is in marching band. That's another reason I love this verse here. It talks about some marching. If you're going to live in the spirit, let us also march, walk together, walk spirit, walk ghost. So I was at Sunset High School in Oak Cliff. Any sunset bisons in the room? A few. Thank you. All right. Yes. All right. So you want to see a picture of the band in 1977? Check it out. There's the Sunset High School marching band, 1977, 78, my freshman year. Yep. I'm in this picture, believe it or not. Let me zoom up a little bit here. There I am on the far left. dun da 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 Nice, isn't it? Man, I wish I had that uniform still. I posted on the Sunset Facebook group this week asking, somebody got this uniform, please. I just really would love to have that today, but I don't. So, man, those purple hats and the big old white feathers and all that fringe hanging down. I mean, fringe just hanging off of here. Because, you see, Sunset, when they did anything, they did it flashy. And most bands, when they came up to a point and they needed to turn, they would turn like this to go this way. At sunset, when we were going to turn, we did this. Mm. Mm. Hey, and look, when you got that much fringe and a whole band turns, that stuff's flying out everywhere. Like, whoa, what's going on? It was flashy. And we had a, a band director and he was flashy. I mean, really flashy, but he was flashy. And we did all kind of crazy stuff. And I loved marching on the field because we, we learned all kind of shows. It was back when Star Wars was just coming out, and we were doing stuff that was way ahead of what other bands were doing. We had our own R2-D2 on the field, you know, a C-3PO. We had, all, we had a Darth Vader. We had lightsabers. In 1977, they weren't even selling that stuff at Walmart at the time. 
they were making it, and we were, we were doing all kind of crazy shows, and I loved all that, but what I really enjoyed was parade marching. You see, we would line up during the year. We'd go, get there early in the morning, and we'd line up out in the parking lot, and those drums would kick off, and I remember hearing those drums. We're just walking down the streets. We're going down Montreal Avenue there by sunset. We're turning on Wentworth Street. We're crossing Hampton. We're making our way over to Chalmers. We're on Sunset Avenue. We're just, and people are coming out of their doors. They're just like, what's going on? I mean, the drums are just reverberating off those houses. And just, I still remember that sound, just loved it. And the feeling of the people coming out to watch, you're like, mm-hmm, it's us. You know, we're marching and playing. It's, it was awesome. And they taught us how to march. I had never marched before 1977. They taught us how to do that. And they said, what you got to do if you're going to march, and this is the way you march in, in parade style. Field style is one thing. But if you're going to march in a parade, you got to do some things. And here's what you do. You always start with your left foot because left is where the downbeat is. Left is always where one is. So it's one, two, three, four, one. And you always march with your left foot first, and left was always on the downbeat. And you had to listen to the music. You were continually listening to the drums. You were listening for the beat. You were listening for the, the, the bass drum to come in so that you knew everybody is left foot on the downbeat. That's what you did. So you moved along. So, Dan, play me some march music this morning. Play me some drum cadence. Oh, yeah. I just wish I had my outfit, my costume. You ready? Here we go. Let me do this. One, two. Yeah, you just walk like that. You go over here. Oh, yeah. See, you turn around like that. Your fringe all flies out. You just march like this. You're just like strolling down the street. And you're listening to the beat. See, if you're going to march in a parade, you got to keep that beat. And you got to get the left foot always on the downbeat. Listen for it. Here we go. That way, everybody's on beat. You're always with the left on the downbeat. So you're listening continually. Thank you, Dan. That's awesome. Love that. Love me some drum cadence stuff. You're always listening. You got to keep your ear tuned in to the beat because the beat keeps you moving. And the beat tells you when to step. You don't just get to do your own thing. You're not like... Wow, this is cool. No, 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 no. You're going to march, and you're going to march in rhythm. You're going to align yourself to the music. You're going to make some adjustments of yourself so that you can be in step with it. You don't make it be in step with you. You adjust yourself to be in step with it. Anybody hear me this morning? You see, if you're going to walk ghost, you got to do the same. You've got to be continually listening. Ghost, what are you saying? Ghost, what do you want me to do? Ghost, what's next for me? Ghost, what do I do here in my marriage next? Ghost, what do I do here at work next? Ghost, what do I do here on the highway next? And I adjust myself to his rhythm, his pace. I step when he says step. I move when he says move. He's moving, I'm moving, I'm stepping, and I'm stepping to him, not me. You can't have a band of some 150 people all doing what they want. It's chaos. There's a beat, and you move to the beat. But that's not all there was if you're going to march in a parade because you're not alone. You've got a lot of people there with you going down the street. So I've asked a few fellow band friends this morning to come help me. Lana. Come help me this morning. Lana is at Heritage High School in Midlothian. She's a freshman there. Come up on stage, Lana. And also one who has finished high school for a little while now. Let's have Aaron Walter come up on stage. Help me this morning. Aaron has a drum past in marching band, so he's familiar with this. I know there's some other drum and marching people in the room, but we'll just stick with these two right now. So I won't. We won't call anybody out this morning. So let's assume this is our street, and we're going to march this way. So y'all line up with me here. Like we're going to start, we're going to face this way. Oh, you can't march in. Yeah, okay. So if you're going to march parade style, not only are you listening for the beat and keeping your left foot on the downbeat and marching in beat to it, 
but you also have to align yourself with the rest of your band. This is the line I am in. This is the line we are in together. And so we have to go down the street together, which means me and them, we have to keep our peripheral vision set so that we don't get ahead and we don't get behind, all right? Where I'm right in line exactly with where I'm supposed to be. Dan, play us a little bit of music here this morning. We have not practiced this. I just told them we were going to do this together. And they said, okay. So, Dan, kick us off, and I will, I'll do us a one, two, three, four. Okay, you ready? Here we go. We're going to take some medium-sized steps. Keep in line. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Nice. Yes. Give them a hand. Thank y'all very much. Thank y'all. Yes. You see... If you're going to march in a line, you got to be looking. Now, you got to keep your eye on the line. You can't look like this because then you'll end up going off like this and running everybody else. You can't be off looking like this at your friends. Hey, you'll crash in and you get all out of step, mess up your line. You've got to be focused. You got to be looking forward and you got to have your peripheral vision all set here and connected in with, I got to march in line. I got to stay in beat, stay in beat, stay in line, stay in beat. Stay in line. It's important. That's how you march in a parade. You stay on beat and you stay in line. And you keep that throughout the whole parade. You keep it all the way through, beginning to end. Stay on beat. Stay in line. So, when the Apostle Paul writes, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in line with the Spirit. Let us also march ghost. Let's stay in line. Let's keep our ear to him and let's do what he says to do. If that means adjusting yourself to him, you do it. It's not about you do what you want to do when the music plays. It's not about go where you want to go when the music plays. No, when the ghost starts talking, you start walking and you go where he says go. You don't go anywhere else. I don't care how much you want to go in another direction. I don't care how interesting that pathway looks. I don't care how strong the urge is within you. You walk according to the ghost. If you're going to live in the ghost, walk in the ghost. You see, the ghost is, um, he's moving. He's moving forward. He has a plan. The day you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he started moving. He started moving you forward. He was never intending for you to get saved and get stuck. He was never intending for you to get saved and get still. He was intending for you to get saved, and he was going to start moving, and it was up to you to almost lay with the wrong foot. If you lead with the wrong foot, trouble's going to happen. you got to get on the right The left foot is the right foot, the correct foot, and you walk in step. And when the Spirit... When he's leading, you go. He doesn't say, sit down, I'm not doing anything for the rest of your life. Mm -mm. We're moving, we're going, I'm going to change you. I have a plan for your life. Nothing in your life is random or by coincidence. The people that you know, the circumstances that you're walking in, I have designed that for you, says the ghost, and I'm working in you. I'm conforming you to the very image of Jesus himself. If you got to walk with me, you got to move forward with me. You can't get stuck. Don't have some experience and get stuck there for the next 10, 30 years of your life. Keep moving in the ghost. See, the ghost, he is leading. He is walking. And he speaks at a level that you have to learn to listen to. Just like in band, we had to listen for the downbeat. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You knew that downbeat happened. You got your left foot going. And you walked. And you moved. When the Holy Spirit starts moving, he's going to move in your life and give you new desires, direction, and impulses in your life.
He's going to create new desire in you to do some things that you didn't do before. He took away your heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh. So you're all of a sudden going to have a desire inside to seek him that's going to be different than you ever did before. And when he puts that desire in you that says, hey, why don't you get up this morning, get your Bible, and seek me? You may say, that's crazy. I haven't done that before. I don't know how to do that. Well, come on. I'll teach you. Is what he says. Follow my lead. He will give you direction and impulse in your life that you are to act on and follow. He'll challenge you at times and say, why don't you not do this thing anymore? Why don't you change this habit you've got? Why don't you come out of that lifestyle? Why don't you walk away from that relationship? Why don't you not go to that place? Instead, I want you to go to this place. I want you to walk this way. I want you to pray. I want you to give. I want you to serve. And he speaks at the level of spirit. It's a a drive inside, uh, an impulse, a longing, a want to. And when he speaks, it is our responsibility to listen to him and do exactly what he says. Now, sometimes he'll do that, and he won't tell you the end of the story. He'll get an impulse to serve someone, and you'll say, that just seems weird. Why would I want to go and be nice to them? Why would I want to go take a meal to them? Why would I want to go buy a gift card at Walmart and give that to them? It's not up to you to know all of the why. It's up to you to listen to the music and the beat, and when the downbeat happens, you step out. If he says, go to Walmart, get a $25 gift card, and give it to this person, it's not for you to say, now I wonder why they would, I mean, what would happen if I, I mean, wonder what they're going to say if I, it's not up to you. Your job is to get in your car, head to Walmart, buy that $25 gift card, go to that person and give it to them and say, the Lord told me to give this Come to on. you. Come on. Then you will have fulfilled your responsibility. You would have heard the music, heard the beat, took the step, walked in it and completed your assignment. Parade, well done. Thank you. That's how you do it. Scripture tells plenty of stories of people that this happened to. In the New Testament, there was a man named Philip. He was in Jerusalem. It's in the book of Acts, and there's a lot of exciting things happening in Jerusalem. It's the place to be. The Spirit's been poured out. Miracles are happening. Jesus is being taught and testified, and people are being changed. And all of a sudden, God shows up to this man named Philip and says, hey, I want you to get out of Jerusalem. What? This is the place to be. It's like Green Acres. This is the place to be. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the number of people that Heather and I talked to and said, hey, have you ever watched Green Acres before? What's that? <laughs> oh, no. What are we doing to a generation? Come on. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. I done lost where I even was in all that. Where was I? What was I, what was I talking about, huh? Philip, thank you. Yeah. So God tells Philip, I want you to go out of Jerusalem. I got this road I want you to go down. It's kind of a desert region. Huh? What? That's not fun. That's not exciting. Why would I even do that? And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit pushed Philip to go do that, created a desire in him. So Philip, wise man, he does it. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. He just knows the drumbeat fell and he went with it. So Philip's out there on the road like, I don't know why I'm here, God, but I'm here because it's what you told me to do. And all of a sudden he sees a chariot. And he sees it. It's, a, it's an entourage. He can tell it's, uh, it's like a government group. They're wealthy, and what is going on there? And when Philip sees it, 
the ghost, the spirit says to him, go up to that chariot. What? That's crazy talk. Why would I want to go do that? They might think I'm some kind of lunatic. They might think I'm trying to do some harm to them. And the ghost said, that's what I want you to do. He didn't tell him why. He didn't give him details. He just said, I want you to go to this chariot. So Philip did. He got over there. He saw this man, and he's reading something. He begins a conversation with him. Turns out the man has been in Jerusalem. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And the man says, I don't know what this means. There's something about a lamb. There's something about him dying. Could you help me know what this means? You see, the ghost arranged that moment. The ghost knew that that man would be in the desert on that road at that time. And so he put it on Philip's heart and said, Philip, I want you to go to this spot. Philip didn't know why. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he chose to obey. He chose to listen to the ghost. He heard the beat and he moved to it. The story goes on that they have a conversation. Philip explains to him who this lamb is. Philip says, that's Jesus. And he begins to explain to him from the whole Old Testament where Jesus was in it. He explained to him about Jesus coming, his death, his resurrection, baptism, all that. And the man says, do you think I could be baptized? This man asked Philip that. And Philip said, well, uh, and the man, here's some water. Can I be baptized here? Sure, let's do it. God arranged that moment because that man needed an answer. He needed hope. And God put it on Philip's heart to go and do it. When the ghost talks to you and gives you direction, it's not up to you to try to figure out, now what's going to happen if I do this? I wonder what the possibilities are. I wonder, I wonder why we're having to do this. This doesn't make sense logically. I don't know if I will do it. I think I'm going to wait and see what happens. You're just... You're dismissing the ghost in that moment. You're saying, I'll only do it if I can understand it. And if that's how you practice your faith, you're going to find yourself far from being able to walk ghost. Because walking ghost means I have to trust what he says and walk in it when I can't see all of the reasons for it. Are you with me? The ghost knew. The ghost sent him. And the ghost will do that for us too. If you make it your goal to listen, if you put your heart in a place to say, okay, God, this is not about what I want anymore. This is not about me. This is not about my reputation. This is not about my comfort. This is not about what's going to profit me. This is all about following your lead. And so God will put it on your heart from time to time to do some things. He may put it on your heart to give financially to someone. You won't know the whole story. You won't know why. That's happened to Heather and I. We've at times been on the praying in, God, we don't know what we're going to do next. Ding dong. Hey, someone's at the door. Hello? Uh, The Lord sent me and wants me to give this to you. Are you kidding me? We've had that happen where it shows up in the mailbox at the right time, where someone gave at the right time. And sometimes they gave in response to what God did before Heather and I even asked. But he knew the need. God will put it on your heart to encourage someone. And I know What happens inside us when that happens? God says, I want you to go to this person and tell them you're praying for them. Or tell them that God is with them. And you think inside, I don't don't want to do that. I mean, that's that's not my thing. That's kind of embarrassing. And I don't know them very well. And I don't know what's going on in their life. Of course you don't. It's not up to you to know the details. It's up to you to follow the beat. Listen to the music and walk to the beat. And if the Spirit says move, you get your left foot out there and you go. 
You do what he said, do. And you might get there and tell them that, and they say, I can't believe you're telling me that. This is exactly what I needed to hear in this moment. Mm. The ghost knows. He'll call you to serve someone. He'll call you to sacrifice for someone else. He'll call you to humble yourself and ask forgiveness. He'll call you to walk in righteousness. He'll call you to leave behind some things that are being detrimental to your life right now. He'll lead you to get up early and seek him. He'll lead you to get involved in ministry somewhere. He'll lead you to do some things that you haven't done before, and he'll lead you to some change in your life. You say, well, how do I know it's him? How do I know it's not just me? How do I know that's not just something weird happening? Write some notes. I'm going to give you three ways to know if it's the ghost. Number one, when the ghost speaks, he always speaks consistently with the nature of God himself. In other words, he's never going to say anything, lead you to do anything that's contrary to Scripture are contrary to the essence of who he is. He's never going to lead you to be dishonest, to lie, to steal, to lust. He's never going to lead you into sin. He's always going to lead you into truth and righteousness. And if you have a thought, an impulse, a drive to do something that's right, you can just count on the fact that that came from God because you aren't all that good in yourself to come up with that stuff. Hello? Let's don't deceive ourselves to think that we have that in us. It came from God. If you had it, it came from God. If he wanted you to give some to someone, that came from God, not you. If he wants you to seek him, that came from him, not you. If he wants you to be honest in a situation, if he wants you to be truthful, if he wants you to humble yourself, that came from God, not you. He always speaks consistently with who he is. Number two, it will be a leading that's on the level of ghost that may be even contrary to what you think or feel in the moment. It may be something that you would wrestle with and say, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if that even makes sense. I don't even know what the outcome would be of that. It's not up to you. You might even say, well, I don't feel like I should do that. I don't feel real, you know, really involved in doing it. It's not up to your feelings. Look here. Ghosts don't care about your feelings. Ghosts don't care about your logic. Ghosts don't care about what you think you ought to do in the moment. He's got something for you to do. Just think if Philip had said, hmm, desert. I mean, I hadn't even bought any water bottles from Walmart recently. I'm not sure I want to get out there. It's all dry, and it could, you know, oh, it's so hot out there. I mean, who's out in the desert anyway? Why do I want to do that? That doesn't even make any sense. Philip, if you had done that, you would have been making yourself God in the moment. The ghost is God, not you. When he leads, you walk. When he says go, you go. If he says don't go, you don't go. It may be contrary to what you think or feel. Sometimes that's the best indicator that it's really the ghost because it goes against what's comfortable or natural. The third way to know that it's a ghost, it will be this quiet voice inside, deep within you, that you just can't shake. He just keeps on ghosting you. He just keeps on whispering. He's ghosting. He's talking like we learned last week. And you hear him and he just keeps saying it. And in that moment, you're going to have to choose to not dismiss it, not deny it, and not reject it. But this is where faith comes in. God, I trust you not me. So if you say give, I give. If you say be quiet, I'll be quiet. If you say to me, don't respond to spouse, child, coworker, whatever, I'll not respond. 
If you tell me to have self-control, I'll have self-control. If you tell me not to go somewhere, I won't go somewhere. I will live my life ghost-led, not me-led. This is what he calls us to do. So if he speaks to you, don't stand still. Do it. If the beat starts, move. Don't overrule the ghost. Don't make yourself greater than the ghost. Don't dismiss him, ignore him, put him off. Don't say, I tried that before. It won't work. If the ghost says it, you do it. Here's the deal. If you put yourself in a place where you become the judge of what you will or won't do, if you put yourself in the place where you will decide, you will figure out whether it's right, wrong, instead of what the ghost says, you run the risk of doing something that the Bible says, don't do this. And here's what it is, our second verse today, Ephesians 4, 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the ghost. Everybody here has had a moment, a time in your life where you've grieved, where you've suffered loss, where there's been the heartache of what you thought was going to be did not happen. You lost a loved one. You lost a job. You lost an opportunity. And grief settled in. Sorrow, sadness, pain. This verse says, don't let that be your experience with the ghost. Don't cause him heartache, loss, and sorrow. Here's the mistake a lot of people make. They read this verse and they think, mm, yeah, the Holy Ghost of God who's out there somewhere in eternity. I don't want to make him sad. I don't want to make him, you know, upset with me. You know, he's there and I'm here. I'm trying to do my best and I don't want to make him upset. That's not the correct view. Let's remind ourselves of what we've said is true already. Where is the ghost? Is he out there? No, he is in here. Has he taken up temporary residence like he's come to live in a Holiday Inn Express inside you? No. Is he off in some random room in your heart that's not connected to the rest of your heart? No. He, when he came in, became one with you. You and he put together. Remember the plywood example last week? Placed together, fused together to never be separated so if you're going to grieve the ghost, where does the grief happen? It happens in you. When you walk in a way contrary to what he says, when you choose to not do, where, do what he says and go where he says, you are causing grief and that grief is not somewhere out there. That grief is right here. That is why, stay with me, that is why when you do something that's contrary to God's ways, inside there's this moment of, <gasps> something's not right. There's something that just feels off in this moment. Something didn't feel right about it. That's ghost right there. That's ghost communicating to you. That's ghosts saying, that's not what I said. That's not where I said go. That's not what I wanted you to do. The ghost is grieved, and that ghost is in you. So when you walk in your life and keep saying, I'm not going to do that, God. No, I'm, not, no, I'm sure not doing that. Mm, no, mm -mm. Uh, no. You have just introduced Grief, not out there, here. When the ghost leads in a path, he always leads with peace. That's one way you'll know. I can't figure all this out, God. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know all the, the end story of what this means. If I choose to do this thing that you say for me to do, but you end up choosing to do it, you walk as the ghost said, and, you, and here's what happens to people. They say, 
I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I have this real peace that it's the right thing. That's ghost talking to you. When he leads and you get in sync with it, when you step to the beat, peace falls. But if you say, I ain't doing it, I'm not going to do it, then no peace in the situation. Let me have my marching band friends back up here one more time. Let me show you one more illustration. Look at Lana and Aaron up here. So let's, um, let's imagine we're back in our parade format here. And we're, we're ready to march. And we're, we're, not, we're not marching down the streets of Oak Cliff. We're marching in the spirit. Okay? We're going to walk in line with him. I'm going to step out of the picture for just a moment. I'm going to be narrator. And in this situation, we're going to let Aaron represent ghost. Okay? Lana's going to represent us. All right? So our goal is if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, march in the spirit. Lana's goal is to stay in step with the ghost. Whenever ghost starts, she goes. She doesn't get ahead. She doesn't get behind. She doesn't go her own path. She goes where the ghost says go. But let's assume that somewhere along the way, ghost says, and again, I'm going to let Lana represent all of us. All right? So I'm going to make some examples here that apply to all of us, not just Lana as a freshman at Midlothian High School. But let's say that the ghost says to us, I want you to go and make things right with that person that there's been conflict with. And we say, mm, I don't know about that. You see, ghost doesn't stop. Ghost keeps walking. Take a step, ghost. Just hold right there. Get, get like you're in step mode, like you're about to take a half step so we can see your... Yeah, a little bit more forward there, just so we can tell this. Oh, yeah, see, ghost is always moving. Ghost doesn't stand still. Ghost, yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what ghost looks like. Ghost is moving. But we said, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to pray about that. That's what we say, yeah. Oh, you're so spiritual. Pray about that. I'm going to have to seek the Lord about that. I'm going to have to read some scripture about getting right with my brother. Amen. I'll show you some. So... And then God says, okay, I also, I want you to give. So I want you, I want you to go to Walmart, get a $25 gift card. And I want you to give it to this person. And we say, well, but God, I mean, I need that. I mean, I was, I was going to buy a couple of movies this week. Come on, ghost. See, ghost keeps moving. And he said, I want you to walk with me. Ghost says to us, husbands, I want you to love your wife just the same way that I love you. I want you to serve and sacrifice I don't want you to love her because she's been nice to you. I want you to love her because I say nice. I tell you to be nice to her. And we say, well, you don't know what it's like to live with her. And then, and then Ghost says to some of us, wives, I want you to have an attitude of admiration, respect, and submission to your husband. Psh, well, you sure don't. Come on, Ghost. See? Right? Right? This is what happens. Now, Stay there, ghost. This is a freeze frame right here because ghost would normally just be like. Do you see what this is right here? This is the gap. This we can call the gap of grief. We have just grieved the ghost of God because he had this much more for us. There was so much more he wanted to show us and do through us, but we said Mm-mm, ain't doing it, not going to, going to pray about it, going to think about it. And then you cause the gap of grief. And when that happens, that grief doesn't happen out there. That grief happens here. And so what happens is inside all of us, when there's a gap of grief, there's this internal turmoil going on. Something just doesn't seem right. Something seems off. I just can't sleep at night. I can't do well. I, my diet's off. I find myself turning to stuff to try to compensate for the pain and stress and struggle I'm feeling. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go see the doctor because I got stuff going on. I can't settle my mind. I got to go get some medication. I got to go get some alcohol. I got to go get some drugs. I got to go get into something. I got to do something to soothe the grief inside me. No! 
The grief is what you've caused because you won't listen to the ghost talking to you. This is your trouble. You keep saying no. It's not his fault. It's on us for saying, I will not. I will not. I will not. Give a hand to our volunteers. Thank you all very much. Thank you. That's why Paul writes, don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Not because the ghost is some moody, sensitive, easily get his feelings hurt. Mm -mm. He's not any of those. He's God. His grief is for what you're missing out on. We finish with this verse today. Three verses. Romans 8, 14 is our third one. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, then the distinguishing factor about you must be that you are someone who is led by the ghost. It's so crazy what we get in our heads and what we do. We flip it and we say, okay, ghost, follow me. We pray about stuff and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Now, would you bless me in what I'm doing? Really? Okay, God, I did this thing. Uh, I'm coming to you now because I kind of need to clean it all up a little bit. You know, it's kind of messed up. It kind of went, kind of lost its, you know, went off the rails. And I, God, I need you to step in now and intercede. Wait a minute. You see, if you would have started with, Ghost, what do you want me to do? Instead of, Ghost, I'm going to do my thing. I'll check back in with you. I need you to bless it because I'm doing it. Oh, you done got it all messed up. Here, here's the sad thing that you and I do. We say crazy things like this. Well, it's better to ask forgiveness and permission. You might say that about some people in your life. I don't recommend it. But let me assure you this. Do not ever say that to the ghost of God. I will do what I'm going to do, and then I'll come back and ask forgiveness if I need to. Really. Why don't you get enough faith in your heart to say, God, I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to let you lead. For as many as are led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, he chooses, he directs, he starts the beat, he calls you in to move. You stay in step, you stay in line with him. Don't do your own thing and ask him to come along beside you. Get in step with him, seek him, search his heart, know his word, listen to him, move in the direction that he has. This is how you walk ghosts. Amen? This is our identity. If you're a son of God, if you're a child of God, the most distinguishing quality about you is that he leads you. Not you lead. He leads. So you say, all right, I hear you, ghost, today. My guess is the ghost is talking. The ghost is talking to you about your life, not to you about the person sitting next to you. And all of a sudden, you realize today that the illustration of the ghost there and you here is you. You've got a gap. You've got a gap of grief. You have put off, denied, dismissed, and chose to not do what he said. And there's a gap. And it's messing with you. I have good news for you today. If you recognize the gap and your heart is truly humble before God, he says, come to me, all who are weary and you're heavy laden because of the gap, and I'll give you rest. If you confess this sin, I'll cleanse it, and I'll make you white as snow. He invites us to come with a heart that says, God, I can't do it anymore. 
I've tried. Forgive me for walking off beat on my own, not listening, not interested to ghost. God, bring me back. The gospel is that he does. And he accepts us. And he cleanses us. And he puts us right back in line and says, now, let's go. This is what we do today. We've come to get back in step with the ghost, to walk with him. Not what I want, what he wants. Aligning myself to the rhythm of his grace. Align myself to the rhythm of what he calls me to in my marriage. Align myself to the rhythm of what he calls me to as a dad, as a parent. Would you bow your heads with me? If you found yourself today at a place where you're far from the ghost, the grief has been troublesome to you, then all he says is, come to me. Could you just come to him in your heart? Could you say, God, forgive me. I've been trying to lead my life. I need you to lead my life. I've been trying to decide what's best. I need to do what you say is right. I've been trying to make it all about me. It needs to be all about you. So today, I surrender. I surrender my will, my emotions, my own thoughts, and I will do what you say, not what I say. I'll trust in your lead. I'll go where you say go. I'll stay when you say stay because I trust you. Father, this morning, I'm so grateful that you've sent your ghost to be in us. I'm so thankful that you speak to us, ghost, that you lead us, oh, ghost, and that you want to lead us in a moment-by-moment walk through our day, through our week, and you want to teach us what it's like as children of God to be led by the ghost. So, Father, we come as your people today to do just that, to stop refusing, stop denying, stop being stubborn, stop making up our plans, stop letting fear stand in the way, Stop letting anxiety and depression rule the day, but to let your ghost lead the way. We come today to do just that. Say, Spirit, lead me, and I will follow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd ask you to stay in your seat where you are and listen to this song. Let it be your heart's response to what God has said to us this morning. Wow, what an incredible message this morning in our series on I Know a Ghost. We looked at not only knowing a ghost, but being in step with him and being led by him and the benefits that come from that. Thank you for joining us this morning, and we look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday at 1030.